What's going on, everybody? This is Sean of Ross Like Music. And this is the Super Sunny Show. I'm La Molly. This is Blue and Green Radio. Hello and welcome along to this month's edition of the Music for Modern Living Radio Show right here on Blue and Green Radio. You're locked in with me, Nigel Gentry. Party people, this is Mr. V of Confessions of a Curly Mind broadcasting through Blue and Green Radio. You're listening to Steve Williams at UK5.org. Welcome to the Blue and Green Sessions. Ride the vibe with DJ Ronnie Ron. Twisted Souls. You're listening to the Blue and Green podcast, and I hope you enjoy what we are going to say. Blueandgreenradio.com. Welcome, gang. You're tuned in to another episode of the Blue in Green podcast. My name's Imran. Thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, really excited about the show that uh, we have lined up for you today. Before we jump into it, a quick reminder that these podcast series run in conjunction with the online internet radio station, which broadcasts from London, but hosts shows from across the world. Uh, we are Blue in Green Radio. You can find us at www.blueingreenradio.com. You can find our our uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, never-ending radio stream uh, housed there, as well as the full back catalogue of our podcast episodes, which are amassing to quite an impressive number, but um, also an incredible amount of talented people have have sort of given us um, uh, time, given us their time to kind of chat their music and music in general. So uh, these are a real pleasure. These really are. So um, a massive thanks to to Nathan Thomas, uh, who's our guest for today's episode. Um, Awesome, dude. I really enjoyed our conversation. I hope you guys will too. Uh, Nathan's debut album is due out on Futuristica Music uh, near the end of November, uh, 20th of November 2020. Uh, debut album for this uh, singer, songwriter, guitarist, and um, there's a lot of work that he's put in through Futuristica projects, uh, including Simon S's uh, Music for Alternative Souls, as well as Deborah Jordan's um, seminal uh, See in the Dark album released earlier in 2020. Um, there's, uh, there's quite a lot of, of Nathan's music knocking around, which is really, really cool to kind of scoop up as much of it as you can. Um, but this is his first full length, and. Um, as I said, it's a real pleasure to have secured time uh, with him to kind of discuss the project, his time on Futuristica, his t- him getting into music and and uh, potential pre-album nerves <laughs> uh, in terms of putting music out. It's uh, I can only imagine it's an incredibly daunting thing. And um, yeah, we discussed that process in of itself as well. So um, it's a really great album. Uh, it is produced by uh, Futuristica's Simon S. and Mark Rapson. Um, who are just, uh, I think I described them in the uh, the Blue and Green Radio review as being the architects of the, the current Futuristica sonic soundscape. Um, and it's, um, it's, a, it's an apt title to bestow on each, uh, particularly in light of um, Deborah Jordan's album of this year, as well as Georgie Sweet's album of this year as well. So uh, it's been an, an amazing year for Futuristica, and I think they're capping things off beautifully with uh, Still Water by Nathan Thomas. So, uh, without further ado, quick reminder, uh, we have two songs featured on every podcast episode. Our guest, in this case Nathan, will be picking the closing number 
um, for the show today. I have the luxury of picking the opening one, and I could only really pick um, one because I'm just I'm stuck to this song at the moment from the album, and I'm going to go with the Simon S. produced title track. Uh, Still Water, which is just a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant tune. I'm, I'm really excited about it and um, very excited to kind of play this to anyone who's not heard it before uh, right now. So we're going to play this song and then we're going to go straight into our conversation with Nathan. Thanks for tuning in, friends. I hope you'll enjoy the episode. Uh, please once again visit us at www.blueandgreenradio.com. Blue and Green Podcast uh, right now, Nathan Thomas. Um, and I very much hope you guys enjoy the show. Holding in the very thing that makes you human Too scared that they will think that what you bring is weak If only you could listen to your incarnation I would let you know that it's okay to be Still water, still water Don't get lost at sea Still water, still water your head on me Still water, still water You're the boy who makes it through Still water, still water Trust the older you and stay still water A message to the man I was The storm is where the years were lost Your strength alone couldn't hold the tide But that is where your saviour was She fell in love with you because She sees in you the faintest of light Connected by the very thing that made you human Prepared to make a life with who she finds in me You only have to listen to her inspiration She will let you know it's Still water, still water 
I'm 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 very mindful that it's a it's your evening and uh, I apologize for completely invading it and uh, I hope <laughs> I won't keep you uh, for too long anyway. Not at all, not at all. I, it's it's excellent that you're supporting as you are. That, so uh, it's no problem at all, mate. No, it's good. That's to very kind, dude. Uh, thank you, dude. Um, I suppose, but the first thing for me to ask you is I mean, the most pertinent thing for well, I guess for everyone. But it's we're talking on Wednesday night. It's the fourth of november we're on the eve uh of a month long currently projected to be a month long national uh lockdown it you know speculation is that it will go beyond that fingers crossed it doesn't how does that news kind of hit you in your sort of day to day is this going to have a huge impact uh to, to to sort of how you're going to live your life over the next month or have the events over the last say six odd months already impacted it to the point where this is no change now <laughs> yeah I guess there's sadly a little bit used to the idea in some respects mm. I, I kind of knew it was coming again we adapted pretty quick in the first lockdown so this one is going to be much of the same I'm disappointed like everybody I'd rather it wasn't the case but as you adapt it means I maybe obviously I get more time with the family I'm at home more I'm around the kids more and I can get some stuff done at the studio at the house as well so I can jump on some bits and pieces that ordinarily I wouldn't have had time to do so as long as I keep creative and and juggle the family and the creative thing as best I can then actually we we should be able to get through it it's just the the fresh air and the moving I miss I just miss getting out and seeing different things and 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 being in new environments and and being out in nature you just I know you can have a little wander about and all the rest of it but it's it's very limited isn't it what you can do now Mm. yeah it was um so you, you did you say that you have children there as well yeah, yeah, I've got two. How, how was that to kind of try and uh, teach and everything like that during the initial uh, lockdown? Yeah, I'd, I've just discovered a newfound respect for teachers. <laughs> yeah. I'd, honestly, I, you know, they're mine and I love them and they still annoyed me. So if they weren't mine and I had 30 of them, I would be in trouble. So it's lots of respect to teachers, massively. I know, it was crazy, wasn't it? Yeah. Did, you, did you kind of, just for that lockdown for, your, for yourself, did you manage to make that productive and constructive and creative time for yourself, let's say musically or anything like that? Or was a lot of like, say for still water, was there a lot of it recorded and all completed before that that time? Yeah, not much of it was done in lockdown, actually. A lot of it was done before lockdown. There was there was obviously things we could do whilst we had lockdown. So there was some revocaling that happened on a couple of tracks, but a lot of the um a lot of the project had been pretty much recorded before lockdown happened. So um in that sense it was it was weird because he would have preferred to have had the time to have had even more time to concentrate on what we did. But I think the creative process sometimes can be, uh, you know, it, it was unusual in that it was not set out to be an album. We didn't set that to be a, a particular uh, goal to achieve. We were just, you know, I was being given some incredible pieces of music from Simon S and Rapson, and I was given the chance to to jump on them when I had time to do so. So over time it collected into a body of work that had 
you know, a, a, a through thread and a narrative and some synergy. And it just seemed to make sense that I think the initial plan was it f- for it to be um, like an EP or maybe even two spread out across six months. And it was okay. actually it was actually Deborah Jordan that uh, made the suggestion. She was like, well, look, you've got a whole body of material here. This is actually an album. It sounds coherent and should be. Uh, and the synergy is there. It, it's got that narrative that it needs as an album. Let's do the whole thing as an album. Why are you, why are you messing around with EPs? There's more, there's more <laughs> there. So, so go yeah. for the whole thing. And it was, yeah. it, came, it came into focus, um, it, you know, slowly, but purposefully over time. Amazing. Oh, that's really interesting. I guess before we jump into the album, my initial question for you is we're, we're talking a couple of weeks before its uh, official release on the 20th of November. What is this period like? Because obviously promotion has started. You've got the, your Bandcamp page is, is up now and it's being uh, sent out to kind of uh, for, for people and on air kind of personalities to review and everything like that. What is, what is this What is this feeling for you like? Are you kind of like, yeah, brilliant, I'm really excited. Or are you kind of like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this is really nerve wracking an experience. How do you kind of digest this part of the process? Yeah, I, I think that fight or flight thing kicks in and you part of you is like, actually, this is just about to be released and people are going to hear this and I can't take any of it back now it's been mastered and is there anything I'd change or do I want to do anything different and you and you start to get overly critical of the work a little bit and then you just actually mm. think no it was done as it's done it sounds I'm very proud of it I'm looking forward to people hearing it I think there's been a lot of work behind the scenes from the producer side of things from Mark and Simon and the label and and um, it's it's time it feels right I'm actually looking forward to it to, to for people to hear it and to absorb the, the material and hmm. see what reactions at yeah you, it, it can be nerve-wracking because obviously you've, you've put your your heart out there really you, you know when you sing is vulnerable when you write you hopefully write from a vulnerable place and you do put yourself out there and try and be as authentic as you can as an artist by being as 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 revealing as much as you can of your of your journey and what you've learned along the way and and that can actually leave you very vulnerable in some respects but then i think that's that's the point you have to be have to be brave enough to step out and do something that is that is authentic and vulnerable otherwise it just doesn't connect with many if you know what i mean so um yeah it's nerve-wracking but i'm 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 ready for it i'm ready for you know the ups and the downs and and the learning that it's mm. that's going to bring for you know future projects and the next thing but i it's it's just going to be great to see how people respond to it so far it's been been really encouraging so i'm mm. I'm, I'm looking forward to to seeing how how you know the general public and, and others take take to it yeah it, it has been it's been awesome to see the kind of the the response to it uh so far online which has been really really exciting i guess like you say that's really interesting because that's the, the thing with art isn't it where it, whatever form it is if it's a uh, uh, writing, singing, acting, uh, painting, whatever it is, it kind of goes hand in hand with kind of wanting people to actually hear it or see it or experience it, as opposed to you just exercising that within yourself, isn't it? Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's intrinsic value in making it in the first place. And it's the, there's so many rewards that can be had by that cathartic process of of being creative. But I, I think um, you do always think, I want people to hear this. I'd like people to hear what, what this sounds like, just to see what it's, see if it helps and connects with others. I think that's, that's the point. It's like, you know, when you, when you, uh, when you come back from you know issues and things you've had and, and trials and tribulations and you've got you've been somewhere and you come back with a little bit of gold and you want to share that that's that's part mm-hmm. of it and I love music that when I listen to it I feel like I you know I can connect with something and it resonates somewhere and the dream I think for for any musician is to is to create something that 
that obviously re re resonates with you at first, but the, the, the purpose is to hopefully strike a chord with as many as possible. Absolutely. What was kind of when you, because you, there were so many aspects you, you approach just music making from, from uh, singing, writing, uh, you play uh, the guitar, you play, uh, I imagine, other instruments. What was your kind of initial sort of allure into music? Did you kind of have a, a vision of what you wanted it to be in terms of, I want to be a songwriter, but then other elements went from there? Or did you want to be sent a stage on a, you know, in a, a as a, as a solo artist in your own right, was there kind of an image you had in mind before you kind of started? I think, I think it was always writing. I always wanted to, to write um, narrative and storytelling and, and, and painting pictures and with words and finding melody. I was a guitarist, you know, primarily I'm a guitarist and that's where a lot of my misspent youth was just learning how to play guitar and picking out weird and abstract jazzy chords and trying to find melodies that work over the top of it and, and, you know, sort of swim upstream with some of the more challenging stuff and then try and work out, you know, how I can tell stories with some of this guitar work that I was, that I was doing when I was a teenager. Um, I never, I didn't think center stage. I was thinking much more about, you know, offering services as a musician to other people and to help other people write and, and whatnot. But I think, you know there was there's definitely that part of me in there as quiet as it may have been that's that quite still voice that's that's the one that eventually you have to answer and, and you know becoming an artist or stepping forward as an artist was something I think I've put off for a long long time waiting to make sure that I get get it right get it get it to a place where I'm comfortable with what I've you know produced so that I can get it out there and and hopefully get the right feedback and it's been a it's been a long journey because there's some stuff that you know as a writer and as anyone that's a creative i guess you, you there's stuff you you make and you don't want people to hear and you realize i'm glad that didn't come out or i'm glad i didn't do that or i i'm glad that wasn't the thing i became known for or whatever so this is the first time in in a long long time that i've actually thought actually i want to represent this and and that's and that's cool and wherever that leads from there i think is part of the part of the sort of wilderness it's a bit of a journey out there i don't know what's going to happen next but I'm prepared to take a risk on this more than I have Amazing. been prepared on, on anything else before. Amazing. That's so, that's awesome. But I suppose that kind of step into center stage, is it, is it a tag that you're, you know, you refer to as sort of that, that voice in the back of your head, but being in that role now, is that something you're like, yeah, like I, I could do, <laughs> I, I'm comfortable with this. This is where, where it should be as opposed to this is something that where, where it just fits at this point in time. Yeah, I, th I think if if you're not prepared to make mistakes and step forward and, and feel the fire a little bit, you never really get forged properly. And I think, you know, you can be that bedroom guitarist or that bedroom writer and, and you can do it quietly on your own and, and just sort of nod to your own stuff and go, yeah, no, I think that's all right, but not play it to anybody. But I don't think you, you fully learn without it being you know sort of tested by people put out there and and let it bounce off and see what comes back and see what people react to what they don't react to and I remember speaking to somebody a, a while ago now and um he you know he said to me that you, you should just get stuff out there whenever you can get stuff out there because the the feedback then opens the door to the next part of your creative journey and and if you're not getting stuff out there then you're not getting that positive or negative feedback loop that shapes where you your next step should be taken 
Yeah, Jazzy DJ Jazzy Jeff has this thing about uh, die empty, where he talks about for creative endeavors, pour just throw everything out there. Not just you know if it's not good, but that kind of don't keep it, don't keep things say bottled up, bottled in, uh, or even just your creative projects. Don't sit on things. Just literally put everything out there, and it's a phrase he uses as die empty, which is that's <laughs> great. I love that. Absolutely, awesome, isn't it? yeah, spot on. I love that. So with uh, obviously Futuristica, a huge part of, of some of your incredible successes over the last few years. Uh, how did you how did you guys initially make contact? How did you make contact with uh, Simon, Deborah and Mark Rapson as well? I've, I've known Rapson for, for years. I've been in bands with Rapson since I was in my early 20s. And wow. um, yeah, we, we were in all sorts of different outfits and bits and bobs and jobbing from here, there and everywhere. And we just ended up creating an alliance as a writing team. And have done for for many years. We've worked on stuff across the board from, you know, from Futuristica as as it's grown. And I've known Simon and Deborah through um, Rapson's connection. And then um, over the years, got to know both Simon and Deborah very very well. And I've watched Deborah's journey like a hawk <laughs> over the last. Whether she <laughs> likes it or not, I've been very much intrigued in in her artistry and her expression and and this you know the the story that she's prepared to put herself out and 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 say and I think out of out of the releases most recently on the label for for Deborah to step forward so bravely actually gave permission I think certainly from my own perspective to to be able to okay uh, you know if if you can go there let's go there and see what happens and that that's one of the bravest albums I've heard for a very very long time and it did give give permission in many ways so you know I credit um I credit Deborah hugely for for you know some of that um the the depth that that sometimes you can go to because she she really went there and that was quite inspiring so it's been great watching that develop and then Simon at the label at label you know he's got he's got such integrity with everything that it's all about you know if 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 it sounds good and you want to make it let's not think about any strategy other than the creative process that's it just make it that's it and that's what's happened and you know subsequently the releases on the label have been and Georgie Sweet's exactly the same it's just you know don't think about anything else but making the music and for an independent label to have that amount of bravery and give you that amount of space and room to to challenge yourself and grow as an artist is um is very very unusual I think so I'm I'm blessed to be around such creative people yeah, you were referencing obviously Deborah Jordan's "See in the Dark" album, um, and you're you're right. I I love how you surmise that. I mean, I I, I think sometimes don't think people realise yet. Like it's had a, such an incredible wave of support, and it's 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 amazing to see it. So I've been a, a, a fan of Deborah's music for, for quite some time, so to see it received in the way it has been has been a really wonderful thing but sometimes i don't think people yet really realize how incredible an album that is and i think it's one of those things that time is really going to tell uh, and it's something people are going to come back to like i'll see you again i've I referenced that as a as a song that that's gonna that's gonna live forever that one you yeah know? i think that's an incredible just a flawless piece of music um that will just that would that's something people are going to come back to you for forever and i think a lot of you know i'm a big futuristic fan i'm a big fan of that album and um I guess for you to have been a, a part of that as well, and you've you wrote on the album, you sung on the album. What was that kind of uh, process of of you guys hooking up like that? That was that was must have been super cool, huh? Yeah, it was a it was a, an honor to be asked to get involved, and and I, you know, Mark and I had uh, had written um, uh, some music. We we wrote the music to um, um, "See in the Dark," and um, 
we'd, we'd kind of had this hook that was on the top and we didn't know really where it was going, but we knew it was, there was something there. And um, Deborah just took it to a, to another level. And then um, I was asked to, to, to help write and, and, and then my voice stayed on the, 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 the track. Um, and, and so it became a duet that was just a, it was a lovely moment. It was, you know, I, I vividly remember sitting in the, in the studio with Deborah and we just put pen to paper and, and spoke. It's a, it was a conversation. We just had a conversation and mm. notes were jotted as we spoke and we both knew what we wanted to say and we was on the same page with that. And it just felt right that it was a, a duet. And then that led on to some other sessions where, you know, Mark came down to, to work with us here in Bournemouth and on that, on that sort of weekend he was with us we laid down some vocals and and some ideas that became um i'll see you again's backing vocal arrangement and and so i was just lucky to be in the right place at the right time with the right people which as cliched as it sounds is is actually that you know the truth that's how it works but yeah it it does work like that and i it you know cliche aside i think uh, life can be as serendipitous as that uh, Mm. to kind of put these things uh, in motion so that uh, they all fall into place perfectly and uh, yeah, um, it's great that you are attached to uh, to that project and um, that those events did work out uh, as such a highlight for yourself as well which is amazing mm. and you um, taking there was another piece of Deborah Jordan music I, re- I really wanted to mention about uh, the uh, live version uh, of um, uh, Phoenix with you and uh, Mark Rapson uh, at Futuristica HQ, I believe. Um, do you, the video of that is on YouTube. It's uh, it's a beautiful version of the song. Uh, do you have memories of of you, the three of you like getting together to record that track? Yeah, I mainly I remember Mark's trousers. <laughs> you you got to check out that video just to check out Mark Rapson's trousers. He's okay. Got... See, right now you right you brought this up because Georgie Sweet, who I spoke to a little while ago, she mentioned this for her recording. They're famous. Uh, as well. they're famous trousers, man. Famous. famous trousers. But... So I'm curious, are there like futuristic like slumber parties where everyone <laughs> like bring your PJs? I don't really get it. Or is this casual wear? It was just very casual wear. I think Mark was <laughs> Mark was staying at um, Futuristica HQ, as you put it. He was staying there, and it was just like i'm comfy this is how i'm gonna hang i'm just gonna do it like this and but that you know <laughs> joking aside it does set the tone and i think that's the stuff that that's been that's been recorded and filmed there has been very much a um you know just a a, a vibe caught that was very relaxed and natural and you know that's not easy to do and i know it sounds strange but sometimes these little things are you know taking your shoes off and just relaxing a little bit just sets the tone a bit better for things it's so relaxed over there and, and the proje- the performances are are always reflective of that so yeah it's cool that's um yeah <laughs> i love how you the mark reps and uh trousers thing is now becoming a part of uh these podcasts <laughs> as well <laughs> everybody needs some star wars pants <laughs> <laughs> um he's a diehard fan i take it oh just massive oh Ma- he's, he's, okay. he's a jedi man he's just he's massive <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's either that or an ewok I can't, we ain't worked it out yet <laughs> oh, that dude is awesome um excellent uh there's another futuristic project you you contributed to that i really want to talk to you about uh and it was uh, obviously in the build-up to your your own release but it was uh simon's um music for alternative souls uh this goes back 2018 Mm. and uh, uh you're rocking the sunblind tune so that's um 
that's that that was how did that come that uh collaboration come together yeah, as well i was i was lucky to steal that i stole that i sometimes <laughs> like like simon and raps and they, what they do is they they make these tunes and they go check this out and i just bring them up and going i'm having it thanks i'm having that i'm on it i'm on it before they've known anything i've spent an afternoon i've got a hook down they can't take it away it's all mine i've stolen it so I'm like a I'm like a magpie for their stuff, and you know he sent me that track. They're, they're both on that. Mark and and Simon are both on that, and some blind track. And mm. um, I was like, yeah, I've got to jump on that. I really like that that um, production. And then it then it made Simon's album. Um, yeah. And then I stole it off of Simon's album to put it on mine. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of magpieing going on. Yeah, they haven't <laughs> sussed me out yet. They will now. They'll suss me out. They'll be like, hang about. He's just pinching yeah. all of our best work here. <laughs> that's excellent <laughs> that's uh yeah no, well it's it's nice that it sort of resurfaced on your record as well um again it's uh uh yeah so it's, it's a standout from from simon so uh it's kind of cool that it meant that much to you to kind of want to bring it forward for for new years as well, well. it was so that, it was very cool. early days as well i mean the, the sunblind was one of the earliest recordings that, that oh, became right. the album so it's it sort of set the tone and it was it's like well if if this sounds like this i wonder what else we could come up with and it was sunblind i think that just unlocked the the uh the thinking and the permission for them to go okay well he ain't done such a bad job on that let's send him this one and <laughs> then the other one so uh, that was that was the uh, that was probably one of the rec- that was the record that started the album pretty much I think. Oh, amazing! Resilience goes e- earlier than that I think as well. Um, right, but um, yeah, th- those two in particular were, were were the beginnings of the album. Right. So uh, my while sort of getting into sort of still water, my initial question was going to be that: Do you have a clear picture of how you wanted it to sound? You've already dispelled this by saying it was never the intention, but. Um, uh, you know in terms of for, for the end product there was that kind of what you were shooting for at the outset but I guess that yeah the fact that this started not actually as an album kind of kills that question <laughs> well, but in terms of no go, yeah go ahead no all, yeah I mean it, it it's I, all I loved was, was to to get on stuff that I you know the, I love those kind of wonky beats and those crazy kind of crate digging moments and those those really interesting harmonic work you know that, that Rapson does and Simon's picked out too and you know I, I it became like the stranger you can send me the more I have got to unriddle and unpack stuff challenge me with things that are a little more unusual and they just sent me some of the more abstract work I guess over the years um and and it and it sort of it it challenged me as, as a top line writer and 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 from there the, the tracks just were, were, were born out of how can I unriddle some of this stuff that I just love it's it's I'm very lucky to be able to jump on something that is the music I love to listen to and right. you know the, the guys both create that sort of sound that I've always listened to and and to be able to get on it and and then write something hopefully that's that's you know genuine and from a from the right place is it's it's a it's a combination that has worked for this and yeah we're really proud of it brilliant when you talked about sort of those abstract uh kind of tracks for the album the first one that's jumped to mind from you having said that was voodoo right when you kind of when you got like was that did that come to you uh, sort of musically as it as it is or did that evolve after you first heard it and you know when you did get it were you kind of like oh my gosh what, what are we gonna do with this because it's a it's a great it's a brilliant tune i love that one's one of the really eclectic ones for me uh sort of production wise I, I really dug that one was really out of the box tune and i thought that was super cool 
Yeah, no, it's, I, I have hands up. I stole that too. Um, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a straight up steal. That, that like wraps and wraps and had been sitting on that. He'd released it himself. It was you know it was some it was out there, and I was like, no, that as an instrumental, he'd released it, and yeah. and I was like, you know, I I I've got I've got an idea. Do you mind? And he's like, dude, just. <laughs> Do your thing, absolutely. Go ahead and, and, and have a go. So, and that, and that came from there. It's a, that's a different vibe, that as well. The voodoo vibe that that taps into yeah. some of some of more of the sort of new soul and R and B stuff that I love to listen to as well. Um, and, and and so it was. It had. It's got different character. Um, there's a different sort of mood swing on that one. Um, it's a bit more, you know, a bit more bump, a bit more for the car. That kind of sort of mm. track, you know. And I love, I love, I love those kind of tunes. And I. I'm just really lucky to to be able to get on those sort of tracks. Otherwise, you know, I, I, I produce a bit at home and obviously I play guitar, um, but, you know, I, I, I can never cre- create that sound and that's why it works as a collaboration. So I guess um, I, Winters must have been a particularly uh, special song from just from a, a guitarist perspective for you to, to kind of have that sort of solo uh, intimacy with, for a record for, for the album, right? Yeah, I, I, I guess. I think... Um, I wanted, I obviously love the way the productions led the sound of the album, but I also wanted a moment where um, that sort of singer-songwriter part of of mm. my nature is 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 part of the the record as well. Um, and some of the more ha- harmonic stuff from the guitar, and it, there is no more than just a guitar and a vocal on Winters, and there's no nowhere to hide. Um, there's no backing vocals; it's one lead vocal and one one guitar. It was sort of a live take and captured something and just was just you know i guess in some respects that's probably the most vulnerable of the of the tracks on the album but sometimes that that works sometimes it doesn't and i thought well if i put it on then i'll get some feedback and find out either way yeah that's a really great way of putting it as well nowhere to hide uh i yeah because there are so many different aspects to to the album i think i mentioned before like you've got the sunblind which is very new soul-y you've got um kind of the some of Simon's and really hip hop inspired productions, which are amazing mm. uh, kind of throughout. And then you've got something like winters, which kind of reimagining of, of the music you would have heard up to that point in the album. It's, it's this beautiful kind of intermission almost sort of before the next half. And uh, it's, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a perfectly placed, I think as well. Thank you. Um, Cheers. It's, um, yeah. I, I really, I dig that one a lot. And it was, that was, that was very uh, a Nathan Thomas song, if you know what I mean, when I say that. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, Thank you. Yeah, so you've kicked uh, off everything with uh, Namaste, which is, uh, uh, again, awesome tune, really great video. Is there any chance that was recorded during quarantine? Because it's a very quarantine. It's proper video. quarantine, that is, yeah. <laughs> uh, in a great way, in a great way. Yeah, um, well, the idea itself, um, I think, started before quarantine. And I, I, um, I, I it actually wasn't recorded in quarantine. Um it was it was re- it recorded in different places though so you know marks passes on you know the roads and the keys and the and the mm. bass line and and the and the real piano and all of that was all done you know in his studio and then vocals and guitars were recorded here at, at mine um and mark just said Could just just film your takes send it to me i've got an idea and then he created this sort of tiled um video that just depicts every sort of part and nuance in the record and all the parts are being played at the same time and so yeah he's uh yeah he was very useful again from mark to to be able to not only make the music and produce but then to go and make the bloody video as well so it's brilliant yeah so yeah he's uh 
yeah, he's 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 uh, very valuable to Futuristica in that sense, and to all of us. And I was lucky enough for him to go. I've got this idea. I want to experiment on some stuff. I've got my head around some new software. Can we use Namaste? And and yeah, absolutely. So and that's what came out. Yeah, that's super cool. I, in fact, he does music videos as well because he he did um I'll see you again as well. Simon 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 said that the video for it he and he it was his idea that to kind of put that together as well, if I remember correctly. Yeah, no, it was. Yeah, I, I think you know perhaps and I wouldn't mind. I'd probably hate me telling you, but I you know he's he's also quite um quite the, the 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 script writer as well he's got plans in the future to to write scripts and i know it's a a, 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 a you know film and and tv and and whatnot is a is a big thing for him so he, he just fires on all cylinders he fires everywhere and he, wherever you can catch him on that wave at that time then um if you're lucky to be a part of it then something good comes out of it always yeah oh, that's amazing you you mentioned the, the bands that you guys used to be in what kind of what kind of bands were they? What kind of stuff were you guys sort of uh, collaborating on, you know, in, in gigs that you were doing before? Yeah, we uh, we did we did all sorts, really. I think, you know, going back to some of the early stuff, we, when I lived in Hartford, um, we used to do, there was a place called Elbert Whirlings and we used to do some gigs down in the basement there. And it was very jazz and soul orientated stuff. And it was kind of some of it was acid jazzy and some of it was sort of new soul and it was always it always had that kind of laid back swung vibe and um but um yeah there was a little collective of us i've got very fond memories of 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 my early 20s with those guys it was carefree times and nothing but music and we used to just jam and play it was like the house band we used to just get up and we'd have guest vocalists and do bits and pieces and there was a little collective going on there in hartford for a little while and it was it was great to be a part of it Oh, that's amazing. Were you singing there as well in those moments, or were you just uh, just? Yeah, uh, badly. I'm sure I got up and, <laughs> and did whatever Why? I could. Well, I was probably half cut, which never helps. Um, and you know, it's early days in those things. But you know, that, like they say, you just should surround yourself with people that are better than you, and you'll you'll learn something. And I definitely right. had that. I mean, the the drummer we was we was working with, um, Rick Chambers, was amazing, and we had bass players and and percussionists from from Phil and there was it's just everyone got on and we were all just mates and it was all you know just for laughs that was all it was it was just for laughs but very formative amazing uh, oh, that's that's that is excellent see how far it's all come for you guys that's mm. super cool uh you mentioned uh it's, I sort of I wanted to go back just for a, a moment you talked about uh the, the the concept of the album initially being two EPs and when you started to put music together you talked about uh Simon kind of having that approach of you know you, we, you have to make the music that that feels sort of right to you in the, in 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 that moment can we talk more more about how is, is there pressure attached to, to, to that kind of freedom basically is the question I prefer it if I'm honest with you I prefer I prefer to be sent something and then you know you you feel it and see what comes out or comes through when you're listening to the music and and to have no no pressure on that um it's very different than sort of pop writing or writing to brief in that way in that you know the constraints sometimes can leave you a little bit handcuffed throughout the process whereas you know when you get sent a track and and it goes somewhere and you go somewhere because of the music that gives you permission then to write whatever it is that comes through on that piece of music. And so I always stay as open as I can, whatever I get sent, I try and listen to it as deeply as I can to see, you know, how, how far the narrative can go, how, how much meaning can you get in this piece of music? And I, I was just lucky to be, to be sent some, 
some incredible pieces of music that actually allowed you to go, okay, well, you know, the music's that sophisticated and, and goes there. So you can, you can maybe push out a little bit with some of your lyrics and or what you would ordinarily write with and words you maybe not would have chosen for other projects or the, the, the sort of thing. So it's, it's more heartfelt in that way and hopefully, and hopefully more authentic. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. I, 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 you know, Simon's, he has an incredible vision. I think um, there's a a, a a futurist artist we we spoke to as valet from Electric Conversation. He talked yeah. about that kind of uh, mentorship, that kind of vision that that Simon has almost as a teacher, with kind of you know almost giving you that freedom to right, let let's create you the, the answers are in yourself kind of thing. Which is a yeah, it's it, it's I I can't think what it must be like to make music in and around that camp with uh sort of uh simon and deborah as your kind of spiritual guides you know <laughs> in yeah. this process it's uh it's i couldn't think of many places better to be i would imagine yeah i mean like they i mean the futuristic like say the the family the futuristic of family and it and it and it does feel a bit like that because you know you you're 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 exposing parts of your your past and present and 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 it can be it can be quite um I don't know. I think whenever I was making stuff, my first people that I was making it thinking, apart from obviously the intrinsic value of making it for yourself, when you, you I was thinking, what's Simon going to think of this? What's Rapson going to think of this on respective tracks? Um, and and knowing that if if their benchmark, if their ears get back to me and say, yeah, I'm feeling this, then I know that it's 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 right. That's because you you know you're around people that have got you know high high sort of standards if you like with things and 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 there were stuff there has there were tracks that were like nope that's not making the album nafe that's not happening um there was a track that i wrote towards the end of the album that you know i i i was feeling it and it went there and it was it's quite deep and 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 dark but someone was like there's, there's there's no room on this album for that that kind of vibe that maybe your next album maybe the next thing but where it's at the moment that's that's not going to fit so you know as much as they create and let that go and let you do what you do they also pull in the reins if you do wander too far out into the wilderness and come back with something a little too odd so it's it's uh yeah i've, I've learned a lot the whole process i've learned a lot that part i think is probably the most difficult i think if i were ever to imagine myself in that role i think you can give freedom but i suppose having that 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 knowledge or foresight to be able to say this is you know this this is the point where it should stop or this is something where we've probably gone a bit too far in one direction did that kind of feel did you have that comfort to be able to say i'm not really digging this you know in terms of musically or sense something we kind of like yeah, i don't really i can't connect with this in the same way yeah and that's that's very honest as well i mean there there are some mm. things that if 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 there's nothing that comes through because of your you know you're listening to it and, and and if nothing seems to to jump out at you, it's not. It may just be that later on down the line, that track will evoke something that that makes a bit more sense. But at the time, sometimes it just doesn't doesn't connect. To kind of mention, like we're talking about that kind of honesty <laughs> and that freedom to create and everything. I I, I think uh, Stillwater is very uh, indicative of 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 that kind of futuristic kind of project you know where, which is a born of a labor of love and it's uh it is it is inspired from from everything around it and it's a it's a wonderful piece of work and very very worthy of the futuristic tag so uh genuine congratulations uh i can't think of the level of excitement you must have at this point in the <laughs> in the process but uh it's uh it's a it's a great achievement for you all so congratulations dude thanks man appreciate that mate
uh we i don't want to take up any much more of your time uh it's obviously getting late in your evening and your time is precious even though you're about to have lots of <laughs> lots of the free stuff coming up very very soon yeah, yeah. uh we discussed obviously uh having a closing song uh to kind of to close the episode out uh something that you could pick if you want from the album something that you grew up a fan of uh just anything at all anything you're feeling at this point in time did you have a moment to pick something out to send uh, everyone home very very happy with yeah, I, it's always a difficult one. There's so many, so many things you could pick <laughs> for so many different reasons. But I think based on the conversation we've had this evening, Imran, I'd like to play um, "I'll See You Again" by Deborah Jordan, just because wow. it was a, it was a, it was a landmark record to 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 see get made. I think it's uh, you know a highlight on on her album. But you know, there's a there's a narrative there that's very close to my heart too. And I was very, very lucky to get, get on the, the backing vocals for, for the track as well. So it's, um, it, and, 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 you know, it, it, it allowed me permission to go to places on the album, on my own album that I, I wasn't expecting to have permission to go to. And, and it, and it opened the door this one. So I, I just wanted to play that one as a, as a nod to Deborah.
much as it hurts It's easier than watching you suffer We can never lose each other Only become more than we were Present in every sight, sound and breath Which sometimes I hold Hoping that this is the moment I'll see you again But I know I have to let you go See you.